When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Manchester United and Liverpool face off today, but regardless of the result of that game, United clearly has big problems to address after two losses in their opening two Premier League games. That's part of the reason why they recently agreed a deal with Real Madrid to buy Casemiro for about $70 million. Not a small amount. My colleagues Jack Pitt-Brook and Carl Anka joined host Mark Chapman to discuss how adding Casemiro could help Man United and also how it won't help. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, August 22nd. Right, let's move on to uh, Manchester United. Uh, the Athletic's Carl Anker is with us. Where are we up to with their um, six-month pursuit of, sorry, six-week pursuit, of, sorry, six-day pursuit of, uh, of Casemiro? Due to the numbers involved, I'm reluctant to say the Glazer family are shopping at the petrol station for their Christmas presents, but it does feel somewhat haphazard. By all accounts, a verb, uh, some form of agreement has been made. That's on the club website. Casemiro is going to be a Manchester United player. He is unlikely to, to be involved in any form of starting lineup or, or substitute appearance for Manchester United against Liverpool, but I would not be surprised if he made an appearance in a club suit or something in a similar fashion to Rafael Varane did before the game against Leeds last season. Is that because the club suits are available to buy in the in the shop is that why they might do that or so they could use it to sell some merchandise before the start of the game um, do you know what I find quite interesting about this move Jack and then uh, Carl can come back in is you ask United fans uh, do you know are you excited about this do you like this and on the one hand they look at the player and his career and what he might provide, and go, yes. And then on the other hand, they look at a whole line of players who have joined at similar stages of their career, on top of the fact they've only seemed to have wanted him for the last week, and, and are already fearful that it's deja vu. Yeah, I get that. It does definitely have the feeling of that kind of like immediate post-Ferguson era, you know, the sort of Schweinsteiger era, schweinsteiger Maria era of signings. On the plus side, two weeks ago, in, a, in a, admittedly in a different part of the pitch, they're being linked with Marko Arnautovic. And when, <laughs> when the Marko Arnautovic deal fell through, I thought, I thought to myself, if somebody had told me deal for Marko Arnautovic collapses in the middle of August, I would have guessed it was Everton, maybe? Maybe Newcastle at a push? Like, it's not a Manchester... You know, like, you know, all due respect to Mark Arnautovic, not a Manchester United player, not a Manchester United-level signing. Casemiro, the guy's won five Champions Leagues. Like, you know, he's a big shot. He's a big... He's a superstar. He's the best in the world at what, he's do- at what he does over the course of the last ten years. And he does at least bring with him that kind of, like, a bit of glamour. 
a bit of glamour and a bit of prestige and a bit of cachet because of the career he's had. So, look, if, if I were a Manchester United fan, God forbid, I think I would be, you know, I would be quite, I would, I would be pleased about getting this guy in the door. It does as well, Carl, give, I mean, if this is all sorted, as Michael Cox has written about on The Athletic, it does it does give United, bizarrely, the Brazilian midfield. Yes, yes, I think that's that's a very interesting wrinkle for everyone involved. As Jack just said, Casemiro is one of the best players at what he does at being a number six. He's Brazil's number six ahead of uh, Fabinho for Liverpool, of Liverpool. And he played in that position ahead of Fernandinho of Manchester City for that point in time as well. But, and I really feel as if I have to put the but here, what Casemiro is good at is tackling interceptions, being you know, the, the very much the water carrier ahead of the two fantastic midfield passes and uh, midfield generals that were Luka Modric and, and Tony Cruz. So, Casemiro solves one area of need for Manchester United. He solves one issue for Manchester United. But there are a myriad of issues within Manchester United's midfield that Casemiro does not fix. And I think a good way to look at this is if you look at, my apologies to Manchester United fans, if you look at the four goals they conceded against Brentford, Casemiro's presence in the United starting lineup would probably stop the fourth goal from happening. That counter-attack goal where Brentford break to the other and Casemiro will probably know the correct area to stand in or, or would probably take a yellow card to stop that. The third goal from the set piece, Casemiro might have a way of disrupting that goal from occurring uh, due to what he knows from set-piece defending. The second goal, where David De Gea you know, essentially passes into Christian Eriksen and Christian Eriksen doesn't really know what to do as he's he's the deepest line player and the best one to receive. Casemiro can't necessarily solve. He's not the passer. He's not the person that if you want to play out from the back, you give it to Casemiro first. Casemiro is a very conservative passer and, and gave it to the other midfield players of Real Madrid. He doesn't solve that issue. He can't solve the first issue, the goal that United conceded because that's De Gea just not doing proper goalkeeper. So he makes United better, but not better in the ways that Ten Hag spoke of United needing to play this summer. Uh, you can take some of the quotes from preseason when he was in Australia and talked about why he was so interested in Frankie de Jong and the importance of ball progression. And then you say, okay, well, Casemiro doesn't fix that. Does this end the de Jong pursuit? I think that the Jong pursuit is on ice for now. Uh, I think also what, what's, what's quite funny is Casemiro is probably the perfect player to play next to Manchester United's Paul Pogba if Paul Pogba was still there to reinforce how how this deal is good but also a little bit odd and, and several years too late you've got the perfect midfield partner for Paul Pogba in the summer that Paul Pogba's departed on the free this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I'm sure Carl's right that Casemiro is not the guy who is going to enable Ten Hag to dominate the ball the way that he wants, start moves from the back the way that he wants, all that kind of stuff. Like, he just isn't that kind of player. But maybe he's the guy who ends this kind of phase of collapse. You know? you know, I mean, what hap- what we saw at Brentford the other day, that can't happen. That just can't be allowed to happen at United. Like that, but particularly that fourth goal. And you, you, you need... Some, you know, sometimes a manager can't always start by 
playing you, you can't start in a managerial job and play the way you want to play from day one you know when Jurgen Klopp went into Liverpool he couldn't play the way he wanted to play from day one he had to compromise uh, Pep Guardiola's first season at Manchester City he had to compromise you know he, he spent a lot of that first season with Sanya and Zabaleta and Kolarov in the team and you know solid guys who'd been there for a while before he managed to kind of get the team playing the kind of 75% possession football that they did in subsequent years so I think there's always at the start of any tenure there's a degree of, of pragmatism and compromise and may, maybe that's what Casemiro represents Possibly I would be slightly reluctant to call this pragmatism when you consider the fee involved uh, it, But you if they've got the money, it's pragmatic to spend the money to fix a problem. That's a big if. And, and the manner in which Manchester United spend and have spent in the, in the previous others does suggest they are sort it now and we'll figure out the less later on. This is very much finding a, a very good football player to, to paper over some large cracks in Manchester United's midfield. And that is good to a point. The length of his contract and the fact he's 30 years of age and the fact that oh, I'm, I'm going to assume there's going to be very pot little possible resale value. Okay, fine. You've got Casemiro. You've got a very good player in that position. You now need to build around Casemiro. You now need to get players who can do the things Casemiro is not so good at. If it was Casemiro and Frankie de Jong in the same summer, fantastic. Manchester United away at the races. You can all change your top four predictions. But if it is indeed that Brazilian midfield of Fred and Casemiro or, or Casemiro and say Christian Eriksen, then you're looking at a team that, and I mean this as a compliment and a little bit of a annoyance, you have a team that are best suited to playing a style of football Ole Gunnar Solskjaer played at Manchester United in 2019 and 2020. They've spent quite a bit of money to end up where they were a couple of years ago. And at a time where so many other top four and top six rivals appear to be going forward, there is a, a gap and a reason why I think some Manchester United fans aren't totally excited about this. I think there's a lot to be said for crack papering when you just lost to Brentford and Brighton. <laughs> And, and just to uh, just to remind you, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, uh, this was recorded before Manchester United, Liverpool. So we have no idea how big the cracks that need papering are after that game at Old Trafford, or if it even went ahead for that matter. Thanks so much to our friends at the Athletic Football Podcast for that clip, which is from today's episode. You can hear the full episode by searching for the Athletic Football Podcast wherever you're listening to this show. Before we go, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern, and obviously the big game today is in the Premier League, 3 p.m., Man United versus Liverpool. It is on Peacock or on Telemundo, if you don't mind watching in Spanish. In Canada, it is on Fubo TV. A couple of interesting Serie A games as well in Italy at 12.30 p.m. Roma versus Cremonense. That will be on Paramount Plus. Also on Paramount Plus at 2.45 p.m. Sampdoria hosting Juventus. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions by subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening and happy soccer to you all.